I, I think a lot of people have a, this a viewpoint that VR and AR is entertainment or games. VR and AR and metaverse isn't isn't just about that. That's just like one facet. It's going to hit every single industry. This technology will be at the forefront of really everything that we do in the next few years. Bonjour, bonjour, bonjour. I am so excited today because we have episode 60. That is six followed by a zero. And we have a great guest. We have the Dan Berger joining us. And Dan, before we get into our chitty chat, if you will, let me set this up. Dan Berger is a cheerleader and innovator who has helped Vancouver become a global powerhouse in the VR, AR, metaverse. Dan is the co-founder and CEO of the Frontier Collective, a coalition of leaders in tech, culture, and community driving forward the development and support of Web3, the metaverse, VRAR, climate tech, AI, and esports, basically everything cool and new. Furthermore, Dan serves as the president of the Vancouver VRAR Association, an organization with a mission to make Vancouver slash BC a world-leading hub for growing and scaling VRAR companies. Nominated as one of 2021's LinkedIn top voices in technology innovation, furthermore, also, We've got the business in Vancouver's top 40 under 40 and named as a BC 500 leader. Amazing. Dan has written for and offered tech insights to publications, including TechCrunch, Beticate, VR Scout, Daily Hive, and BC Business. Dan has curated events and spoken at venues around the globe, including Web Summit, South by Southwest, and the TED Conference. Dan also advises and mentors many fast-growing startups and entrepreneurs with an emphasis on diversity. Dan, that was a lot of words. That's a lot of guy that you've done a lot. Let's learn all about it. Thank you so much for joining me today. Thanks for having me here, Chris. Appreciate it. Oh, well, we're going to have, we're going to have some fun that, that much. I promise you that much. I promise you. So tell you what frontier collective seems like everyone who's everyone's part of this. Tell me about the, uh, the creation story behind it. Well, it was really created out of frustration and opportunity. Frustration due to, uh, you know, the lack of uh, support uh, for these foundational technologies uh, in Vancouver. Uh, specifically, we just don't have this environment of risk taking and early stage capital. Uh, so entrepreneurs and startups always have to you know, go down to Silicon Valley, Seattle to raise their early stage funding. And, and um, you know, we, we see that there is a gap kind of in that foundational layer of uh, BC, especially within uh, technologies that still are at the cusp of, uh, of uh, getting to, uh, you know, really prime time. So uh, I, I really came to came up with the idea really around, um, you know, the potential that we have in Vancouver. Vancouver is a world leader uh, for VR and AR. Uh, you know, AI is thriving here. Clean tech is one of the um, biggest industries uh, within tech. Uh, we've got uh, Web3, which is booming. Uh, you know, our, our, uh, our friend uh, Casey Lau uh, continues to uh, put on those incredible uh, Webcouver events. As well as uh, you know the overall broader uh, Web three community uh, that's uh, burgeoning here because of uh, Dapper Labs and uh, some other uh, major players uh, really kind of um, you know pushing this technology forward. So I was like, you know, I think there needs to be a culture shift in Vancouver, really looking at how how can we bring these uh, foundational technologies uh, to the forefront? How can we um, you know 
look at breaking down silos because I'm sure you've realized this as well. Uh, Vancouver is a very siloed place. We don't like working together. And I, I feel like that needs to change if we want to become a global city. So um, really, it, it was just about changing culture, um, pushing uh, the technologies that will drive Vancouver forward and doing it in a sustainable and uh, diverse way and inclusive way. Uh, so yeah, it's really exciting. Uh, we're, we're doing a number of initiatives, including uh, really uh, bolstering the talent pipeline. Mm -hmm. Two is, you know, really shouting from the rooftops of what, what what's happening in Vancouver. We should be very proud. 15 unicorns in the past year and a half, 15 or 16. It's hard yeah. to crack. They keep popping up, man. <laughs> and, they, and they'll keep popping up, we hope, you know? Yeah. I, I, yeah. And that will only continue. We'll start getting more exits. And, and uh, you know, it's, it's really about uh, telling that global story. Uh, you know, you and I will be a collision. And mm -hmm. really, it's about kind of, you know, celebrating what's happening in Vancouver uh, to a global audience. So um, that that's a major piece. And then that foundational piece, as I mentioned, uh, you know, really supporting entrepreneurs and startups that are building this new wave of technology. That is so cool. I mean, you're, you're, you're doing, you're doing a lot. I mean, these, and these, this is a lot of technologies that, that, you know, I kind of like it because I mean, the frontier collective, it says it, you couldn't have named it better in my mind. I mean, the whole idea is this is the, the cusp, this is where we're going, you know, and we want to push it, but we're going to do it in a very call it Vancouver way. I mean, as a collective, you know, it's, it's not, it's not a company. It's an organization of companies, people, personalities, attitudes um, to try to improve the community. And, 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 and I look at the group that you have um, in, 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 in as members, and it really is those at the forefront of, you know, pushing what I would say as, you know, leaders in the community. Um, but, you know, I got to ask you, what, what, cause you do look at, you know, the great people who are part of the collective, how did you convince so many movers and shakers to join? Sorry about the uh, alarm. Um, it's part of part of living in the city. <laughs> uh, so so essentially, uh, why why uh, we were able to bring uh, such a unique group uh, together was uh, the frustration wasn't on me me within my ecosystem brar. It was basically um, kind of uh, you know. Um, spreading to uh, a lot of these uh, other transformational technologies. A lot of us had some of the same pitfalls of uh, growing ecosystems and growing this uh, in incredible community. Um, so we all kind of faced a lot of the roadblocks uh, within governments, uh, you know, what we're seeing uh, within, uh, you know, our municipal governments, provincial governments, and federal governments, uh, there's a lack of an awareness uh, towards innovation. And a lot of the funding usually stops in Ontario, Quebec. I, I won't go too deep into that. Mm -hmm. um, I, I do feel like that's shifting and that's what we're hoping to shift, mm -hmm. but uh, we're not doing uh, building this organization to um, have our hands out to the government. We're going to um, you know, really inform government and look to work with them, but um, it's about widening the pie. So um, I feel like a lot of the folks within uh, different facets of uh, the tech ecosystem. And it, we, we don't just have tech leaders, we have uh, cultural leaders, we have uh, yeah. artists, and it's really about just um, changing the culture of the city, uh, making it more vibrant, uh, and being the city that we want to thrive in. 
Um, one of the issues uh, that I've been hearing, and you know, uh, I see it with myself uh, within my friend group, mm-hmm. most people uh, kind of who are at that millennial Gen Z uh, stage of uh, their careers, they don't see a future in Vancouver. Mm. And that's, that's really what hit home for a lot of us within the collective. Mm. We wanted to uh, look at how do we, how do we change things? How do we look at ways where we can innovate in, in ways that we've never seen and uh, really just bring people together. So that's kind of the ethos of how this all came together. I, I, th- I think it's awesome. And again, I, I really applaud you for getting so many people, you know, um, going together in the same direction in order to improve, you know, not just Vancouver and BC, but our, our community, our industries, the whole bit, and also giving a voice, you know, where, where we can have a central uh, person who can be, you know, the, the, the government wants to talk to you, the news wants to talk to you, you know, you've, you've, you've educated yourself up on, on many of these things. I know, I know you've definitely done the homework. So, you know, you are ready to speak, you know, as, 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 as a real good resource. Well, well, you know what, I want to give you a bit of a platform here. I, I, I again, I, I, I'm really impressed by who's um, a members of the collective, but I want to give you that platform. I want you to just reach out and say, you know, these are certain people who I would love to join. Is there anyone that, you know, might be listening, um, that you would love to have join the collective because you know that they would, you know, they're leaders in the industry and they could bring, um, you know, some authority, uh, and, uh, power to, uh, to the group. Yeah. So essentially we're not built as an association or um an organization that uh takes membership dues so basically it's about um folks that really want to get their hands dirty and want to uh kind of push this new wave that's happening in the city um and you know we we really look at uh folks that um are just passionate about changing the city and doing it in a really meaningful way so um, we're always open to um, chatting with uh, folks like that, and we want to, um, you know, build out uh, our organizations so that we can uh, not only uh, service the frontier ecosystem, but we want to be able to, uh, you know, help uh, the broader uh, tech ecosystem in Vancouver. And, um, you know, we want to do that by widening the pie and um, do do that in a way where we're trying to be as inclusive as possible. Uh, we didn't want to be a paid uh, membership type of organization because um, a lot of the companies and entrepreneurs in, in uh, Frontier Technologies are still at that early stage. And we don't want to have to ask them for money if uh, they're just uh, scrapping by uh, to pay their bills and to... Um, just survive day by day because you know most of these technologies hasn't haven't hit prime time yet so mm-hmm. uh, they need to um, really focus on building their companies and we want to help them do that but um, not ask them for funding or uh, or or um, membership dues so that's kind of the approach that we're taking and we always look for uh you know very um vibrant uh, people who are uh, really passionate about uh, the future of the city mm-hmm so no names, huh? No names. Okay. I'm gonna, I'm, I, that was a good political answer. I mean, it showed, it showed you right there. But I wanted to give you that opportunity. I wanted you to say, you know, hey, Musk, you listening? You join, you know, that sort of a thing. But uh, I would say, uh, you know, um, the folks that I would love to see that would want to be a part of it are, you know, the unicorns in the city. Um, sure. 
folks that are, you know, have built their businesses up and have become successful and love to see uh, folks, uh, you know, want to kind of look to um, help uh, grow the grow the pie here in Vancouver. So, For sure. um, you know, the 15 unicorns, I would love uh, to uh, chat with about, but we don't want to just be a group that you know, just wants um, all the, you know, the folks that have a great track record in the ecosystem. We want the future leaders to really uh, be a part of this. Um, so, um, yeah, it's a hard question to ask. All good. No, 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 all good. You know what? You're a collective. I mean, it's a collective, right? Everyone should be coming in, bringing their own flavor. Um, and that's what Absolutely. makes it such a, a beautiful stew, we'll call it. A beautiful stew with the Frontier Collective. Um, well, you know, like I mean, that. I see a sign behind you, or a sign, a hat. And then, you know, I'm pretty sure it's not a pirate hat going, R. I mean, we're talking about AR here. You know, there's my dad joke of the day. But, you know, I keep hearing from everyone, and this is a pretty consistent position, is that Vancouver is number two in terms of global hubs for AR, VR. Well, who's that lucky number one, and how do we knock them off? <laughs> uh silicon valley uh that's that's the uh you know the one that's um always leading in many of these uh disciplines um although um i think that's changing there's been a migration uh for a lot of these frontier technologies moving uh to austin uh we're seeing a lot of uh, movement to miami and even europe right um so i think uh, we're actually set up really nicely in vancouver uh to become a, a global hub within new technologies and um a lot of uh, the reason why uh, we have a have one of the second biggest uh vr uh, air metaverse ecosystems is because of the infrastructure uh, throughout um, these traditional industries uh, through film that uh, have been here for over 40 years. And uh, through film, uh, it's been able to spawn uh, a huge uh, VFX industry, animation, video games. Mm -hmm. And um, we've, we've seen that, uh, you know, a lot of the talent and a lot of the entrepreneurs within those facets are bleeding into VR and AR. Uh, so that's that's sort of why we have this advantage here, uh, because we already have that skill set uh, that's been that's been uh, kind of bubble, bubbling at the surface uh, for many, many years. But can I, can I ask you about that advantage? Because, I mean, it sounds like and, and I think this is true is like content is king again. You know, I mean, people don't really understand when you have the head screen on, you don't want to be seeing things on the side. You want it to be a really good experience. You want that content to be really good. But are we that good because of the content or because of the technologies we're pushing? Which, which, which one are which one's the uh, the more Vancouver side of things or is it both? I, I think it's both. Um... And it's done so in a very intentional way where uh, it's not just building technology for building technology's sake. It's about um, looking to use technology in a more uh, efficient way and more productive way. So that's why we're seeing a lot of actually, um, you know, former VFX or animation folks or former EA folks mm -hmm. are going into the VR air industry with a different lens. So they're mm -hmm. building enterprise applications. Uh, we're seeing a lot of um, medical uh, training uh, simulations like uh, Precision OS, uh, what they're doing there is incredible. Uh, we're seeing, uh, you know, training for uh, mines and oil and gas industries to make uh, them more efficient, but also uh, on the safety side of things, uh, really looking at um, how can we use this technology to make, um, make industries become more 
um, you know, more productive in, in the uh, scheme of things. So mm -hmm. uh, that's the technology that's really driving it. But we, you know, that being said, we do have um, a lot of uh, great content, um, you know, companies that are focused on entertainment, mm -hmm. uh, video games and, and, um, and, uh, you know, some really great uh, applications within um, kind of the whole kind of um, filmmaking uh, 360 side. But like, you know, I, I think a lot of people have a, this um, kind of uh, viewpoint that VR and AR is entertainment or games. And, and that's sort of the stigma that I've been trying to uh, shift because VR and AR metaverse isn't, isn't just about that. That's just like one facet. Mm -hmm. It's going to hit every single industry. And that's, that's sort of what we're trying to evangelize, that this technology will be at the forefront of really everything that we do in the next few years. Very cool. Very cool. And I couldn't agree. I mean, we're talking about our, our, our common friend, Casey, um, and, you know, his web Coover. And I was shocked because I don't know so much about the web three. I mean, I'm, I'm learning it as I'm, as, as I'm going, I guess it's everyone's kind of learning as they're going, but I was, I was shocked even on that front of, you know, the, on the NFT side and all that, how much um, high quality is, is, is really rooted here. Um, and, you know, so it's, it's not just the production value of, you know, AR, VR games, media um, experiences, all those things, but it's also on the other technologies on the, on the, on the, on the, on the web three that, uh, you know, really does put us in a nice sweet spot. And, uh, you know, I, I'm assuming you get to talk a lot about that, which is fantastic. Well, you know what, let's talk about this. Let's, let's, let's branch a little bit more into shape immersive. Can you tell me a little bit about that? The creation story? Yeah, the creation story uh, was uh, my co-founder, Alex Schwang, uh, who is also the co-founder of Launch Academy. Uh, he he came up with this idea uh, as we were curating uh, some VR AR experiences for TED conference. Mm -hmm. I'm not sure if many of you know uh, TED conference is held in Vancouver every year, mm -hmm. and uh, we got we had this incredible opportunity at the Vancouver VR AR Association to bring local companies to the attendees and showcase uh, the, this innovation uh, that was happening in our city. So. Um, Alex came up with the idea to uh, build out a demo experience, uh, bridging kind of the real and uh, the artificial worlds uh, within uh, the metaverse. And um, he ended up building a team around that and mm -hmm. um, uh, called it Kitty Kong. And uh, it, mm -hmm. it ended up getting a lot of steam, uh, got got uh, recognized uh, through uh, various um, various publications and and uh, off we went. Uh, so we built this agency to really look at how do we uh, bridge the physical with the digital. And, mm -hmm. and we started to really look at uh, working with brands. We worked with uh, companies like Red Bull and the Olympics uh, mm -hmm. to really look at uh, kind of layering that uh, AR uh, lens with, um, with uh, 3D. So um it, it kind of took us through this journey. And then as, as uh, COVID hit, we ended up uh, getting really into the whole retail and uh, e-commerce space, which was really mm -hmm. interesting, being able to visualize uh, furniture in your living room uh, mm -hmm. through uh, 3D. So uh, that, that didn't really take off, uh, surprisingly. Mm -hmm. And uh, we actually had to pivot again into, into, um, more of the 3D marketplace technology that we're building <laughs> with uh, NFTs. So we're working with a company called the Artifact, uh, who mm -hmm. 
recently bought, uh, were, were sold to uh, Nike. Mm-hmm. And we got to see at the kind of at the cusp of this NFT explosion, I, I really had no clue what it was all about. But as we started working with these clients, that's really what um, got us to lean into this because NFTs are great through JPEGs, but I, I actually think uh, the future of NFTs will be 3D. And mm. that's that's really what excites me about that space. Well, that's interesting. Why 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 3D? I'm I'm intrigued by this. Because when you're in the metaverse, uh, you're going to be in these virtual 3D worlds. Uh, mm-hmm. It's not going to be um, a plain uh, plain uh, surface. It's going to mm-hmm. actually be through um, you know a VR headset, mm-hmm. or e- even if you're looking at it from um, from the web, you're still able to see it in 3D. So imagine being able to buy that NFT and, and putting it up in your virtual in your virtual uh, museum or your mm-hmm. virtual living room and being able to show uh, your uh, your friends from all over the world, um, you know, the sense of ownership that you have. Uh, so I, I think that will really change things. It won't, you know, be that sort of, um, you know, static uh, 2D mm-hmm. image. I think it sure. will 3d yeah yeah that, no, t- that being t- said um i still think 2d you know the the flat images uh, will still um serve a purpose and a need uh i think beats like the kind of that old school uh piece of art that you you can hang in your home so um but it, it'll just be a different way that we um, have a relationship with it Sure, sure. I mean, I, 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 I like the, you know, the NBA top shot and all those NFTs, but at the end of the day, you know, I was a kid. I'm sure you did this too. We had the hockey cards and you flip them against the wall to win other hockey cards. I mean, hard to do that with an NFT. I don't know. Maybe, maybe oh, I, mean, I come up with a game. I missed the bubble gum, uh, the top <laughs> bubble gum. Yeah. <laughs> Basically it would turn into powder. Uh, you know, oh, crack like your tooth. <laughs> yeah, no, I dig that. I, I, my mom, she let me have the cars, but not the gum. But you know, she was smart that way. Well, you know what? What did you tell I me? Mean, we we met um, when you were um, taking over or, or creating um, the the role of the uh, president of the VR AR Association in Vancouver. And I know this is a big global um, brand or association, and you you definitely did a, a big you know a big job in stewarding um, with through your stewardship of, of making a, uh, Vancouver a big presence within it. But can you tell me how you became the president of this organization? Yeah. So, uh, when I was first starting in VR and AR, I was working at a company called Archiact and mm-hmm. it, at that time it was one of the only companies working in this space and building in this space. And I realized that there were, there were a lot of, uh, people building within, uh, VR and AR, but weren't talking to each other. <laughs> and mm-hmm. there wasn't that, community uh, side of things. And for me, I've always been uh, focused on community. I've always, it's always been innate within me. And I love bringing people together. So I thought it was a great fit to uh, not only get people excited about, um, you know, meeting up and sharing knowledge and uh, resources, but also um, bringing new people into the ecosystem. So Mm -hmm. Um, you know, we almost kind of look at ourselves as evangelists <laughs> because it it's new technology that not a lot of people still grasp. Most people still haven't worn a headset yet. And mm. um, we felt like, um, you know, building the Vancouver VR Air Association w- was sort of vital into kind of shifting, um, you know, uh, the opportunities in uh, Vancouver, but also kind of building that ecosystem 
within um, within Vancouver as well. So mm-hmm. um, yeah, it was really about just connections and community. And um, yeah, it, I've uh, I started that I think in 2016, and uh, it's it's um, been quite a ride just trying to um, you know grow it, and then mm-hmm. also really looking at building on programming and delegations and and stuff like that but uh covid really kind of hit us uh hard uh, at the that association and um you know we're still uh plugging away uh but uh, a lot of my focus has uh, been towards uh the frontier collective and building that out so bringing all these ecosystems together uh with understandably yeah, no, under, under, understandably, completely. Well, you know, AR, VR, I mean, I've been a fan for a long time, but it's, it's, it's like fusion. It seems like it's always like, you know, a couple of years away. What, <laughs> what, what's, what, what's holding it back? Like, what's the, what's the, what, what is this, you know, aha moment that we need where we realize this is where it starts, like in, in, in you know, in, in mainstream uh, world? Yeah, I think uh, there are a lot of these, um, you know, predictions that, you know, have been, kind of uh, called out uh, for many years. I've heard it for, uh, you know, ever since I've started, we've been waiting for the Apple glasses to come out and we're still waiting. They, they didn't even announce anything. Nothing. BC yesterday, which was a big disappointment. Dub dub and, disappointment. Uh, I agree. <laughs> I'm sure Robert Scoble's uh, just uh, sitting in the fetal position somewhere uh, in his home in California. But um, what, what people need to realize is uh, transformative technologies don't happen overnight. Um, the mobile uh, revolution uh, didn't happen overnight. It took decades, right? Like, um, I, I believe, uh, you know, the first mobile phone came out in 1979 or 1978. And it took, took a little bit to ramp up and really until Apple came out with their iPhone in 2006 or 2005 was kind of was that kind of inflection point and that that shift into uh changing you know our daily um interactions or our daily communication and and now we can't live without it so the same thing is going to happen with vr and ar where um in a hopefully in a few years that uh, we'll be able to wear these glasses and uh, be able to interact with the world around us and and be looking up, right? Like, you know, we, we look at our cell phones all day. Imagine all of the world that we're missing while we were staring at our phones. So I actually think that uh, the VR, AR metaverse revolution uh, is going to happen, but it'll it'll take a few years. We're still in the third or fourth inning of how this will play out. Mm-hmm. And um, what we're really waiting for is that killer app uh, to come out. And I, I, I do think it'll be something like uh, what Apple will be coming out with. Um, I'm not sure if it's going to be that uh, VR, AR pass-through headset. I think that's that'll be the first wave of that. But mm-hmm. it'll be when the technology and the computing is in glasses that look like this. Mm-hmm. So... Um, that being said, there there is a shift uh, that's happening within the ecosystem. Uh, you know, it's it's being used for training. It's being used to uh, meet with teams. There's a lot of uh, really incredible uh, innovations that are happening. Mm-hmm. Uh, but um, what we need to do is uh, really, you know, kind of 
talk outside our own echo chambers and and you know really show why this technology is meaningful and uh, the potential it has. So I, I think it's still a couple of years away, maybe a few years away, but um, this is this is inevitable. Um, mm -hmm. And I, I talk to a lot of brands uh, on a daily basis. Um, the biggest thing that I tell them is, if you don't really try to understand this technology now, you're just going to fall behind. You know, mm -hmm. we've seen uh, a lot of the brands that we that we used to know, like Sears and um, Toys R Us, like those companies, they just couldn't adapt with uh, the shift in uh, technology. And mm -hmm. and um, I think really now is the time to really understand it and, and grasp it. So you don't get excited when Sears would send you the catalog. That that's not that's not. Oh, I, I used to get huh? very very excited about the catalog, the wish book. Oh yeah, the ten pages of toys. I went right there every time. You know. I, yeah, I, I, exactly. <laughs> I, 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 and and then you would circle uh, all the toys that you wanted to since then. It was, it was the best. <laughs> I actually it was. I think we shared that. I think we shared that. What, what, what's, I mean, we're going to talk about Santa's favorite gifts right now. I mean, right, right now, what's your favorite headset or what's your favorite like uh, platform? Um, do you have a preferred one? I think uh, the best one out there is the DK, uh, sorry, uh, the Oculus uh, 2, mm -hmm. uh, the Oculus Quest 2. <laughs> um, but uh, in, in terms of what I've seen that's blown me away, uh, I, uh, the Vario is incredible. Mm -hmm. It's $5,000 headset, though. Mm -hmm. um, not many people will be using it, but they're, they're really focused on enterprise. I, I also tried the Magic Leap 2. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, I, I think a lot of people look at Magic Leap uh, from the 2015 days when they had that uh, flying whale and uh ended up getting billions and billions of dollars invested into them and um you know really hyping this industry up too early mm -hmm. but uh they've been able to pivot and uh their new headset w was very impressive i i took a look at it uh a couple months ago and uh cool. i i think it's really great but um you know what i'm excited about today isn't going to be what i'm excited about tomorrow mm. That's the good, that's the curse and the and, and the beautiful and the curse of technology, isn't it? The thing you loved is so old school, so fast. In fact, an embarrassment to your friends so fast, no matter how much you loved it. And that's why we have, we have our little museum just, uh, you know, in the office here of old um, devices that people can come in and reflect on and just go, wow, oh, I nice. had that one. I had that one. It's just kind of a nice way to everyone have, you know, hear a little touch point of, you know, of what they remember of how these, these devices did touch them. So I think they do belong in some sort of collective museum uh, that, you know, that can touch everyone. Um, well, you know what, you're speaking of collision. I'm super excited to be going, um, you know, in a few weeks, what, what are you going to speak about? Is there anything, I mean, besides the obvious, is there anything that uh, I can, I can set people up for? Yeah, so I'll be uh, joining a panel uh, with Amy Peck and a couple other uh, leaders within the metaverse ecosystem talking about um, is the metaverse hype or is it the future? Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, it's, it's kind of the common uh, topic that, <laughs> that a lot of us uh, metaverse folks are uh, discussing because of the most recent hype uh, and uh, a lot of the uh, meta uh, Facebook news that came out uh, in november but um yeah it's really about like how can we create uh a more sustainable and uh you know 
and a metaverse that we all want to live in and be able to work in. So, you know, it's always a fun conversation to have. Uh, we, we had a similar conversation uh, at Web Summit, which is uh, the sister conference of Collision. And um, yeah, it was, it was surprising the amount of engagement uh, for that topic. And I love, I love going to these conferences that aren't really specifically mm -hmm. on, on the industry that I work. It's, it's really nice to go to a conference where it's this confluence of technology and leaders. And that's where really you can learn and have new perspectives on mm -hmm, mm -hmm. a bunch of different things. So uh, I'm, I'm really looking forward to it. We're, we're going to be bringing a, a delegation of Vancouver's leaders. Mm -hmm. uh, we're going to be helping promote, uh, you know, Vancouver companies and, um, and uh, we will be hosting an incredible party on I've got my uh, tickets 2021st and uh i've got a nice cold beer waiting for you chris <laughs> lovely 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 um that is fantastic well you know i was really lucky because i got to be at web summit in portugal and um you know i got to see you emceed some you know two it was two great um parties i can't figure their names right now but both both in um in the states but the thing that blew me away was how many people really wanted to hear like that was the big it was a big stage I mean, it wasn't the main stage that's kind of the amy Poller type but this was a big inside stage and you had a lot of people there to listen which which says how much exactly what you said you know it's cross-pollination of other disciplines of people that are they know it's coming they want to know more about it and i thought it was a super interesting panel that you led so uh, so oh, good 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 on you to uh, to to be in that position and also showcase a little bit of a little bit of vancouver love uh, at, at the world stage which i think is you know evident what you do and uh, and, and like i say it was fun and i was just you know one of the lucky little guys uh, to be to be watching and, and taking it all in um one one um you, you wrote something uh a while back maybe it's about six six months ago um that it it, it touched me it, like it honestly touched me I, I have a lot of i mean it's gonna sound weird but i have some personal live um you know events of something similar but not quite the same i mean you've you've, you've gone I, I just i live in the culture a little bit more i, I can talk about that after but it, it was an article titled how i came to terms with being asian and it was it was such a personal experience, and and you know I've I've asked and like some of the people from um, like our marketing department who's like Lulu who's here actually said oh we read that one in school, like just so you know that touched at the MBA program, oh, wow. so that touched a lot of people. But can I ask you why did you feel a need to share such a personal experience? Well, uh, you know, it happened uh, last year when uh, I saw this uptick of uh, violence against Asian people. And um, in the past, I never really was uh, the type of person that would, um, you know, be outspoken about uh, anything <laughs> towards, uh, you know, uh, being Asian, because I, I always kind of pushed against it. I, I grew up in a small town. I was the only Asian kid in that town, uh, Fernie, BC. And I always like, I always struggled with it because uh, I didn't see anyone that looked like me. So I, I felt compelled to write that piece to really, um, you know, showcase uh, the identity crisis that I went through uh, for most of my life, uh, just trying to fit in and just trying to have people uh, to like me. And, um, and some of the struggles that I had with that and hopefully, Kind of putting that story out there would get um you know maybe resonate with other folks uh who are uh asian as well that uh kind of grew up in a similar 
uh, way and also look at like, hey, it's not, you know, it's, um, it's okay to be like, it, it's, it's great to be very Asian. okay. It's like, amazing to be. <laughs> yeah, it's amazing. And, um, and now I'm, I'm very proud of being Asian and um, being Korean. And, uh, you know, I, I've, I, it took me a while to get through that journey, but I, mm -hmm. I felt that uh, COVID actually really helped me um, kind of um, sit within, you know, being okay with it, being loving it and mm -hmm. uh, loving myself. Uh, and that was quite the journey that, uh, you know, it took me a long time to get there, but um, I feel like uh, it's, it's only empowered me uh, to want to do, uh, you know, bigger and better things uh, with my sure. life. So um, sure. yeah, it was, it was a great experience. Well, it was so beautifully, that. it was so beautifully honest. And I'm, obviously I'm not Korean or, or Asian, but my, my wife is my, my sister adopted who, who had a very similar, like when I read it, I'm thinking, wow, it sounds like her experience of, um, and also my, my, my kids themselves. I mean, they're, they're half Korean, half whatever I'm a mix of whatever it is. Um, and I sense a similar thing that I want them to, you know, they, they want to, they want to be like everyone else in Canada, instead of really honoring you know, what is them or what is them? What, what, what makes them so unique in every way? And I just think that that was honestly a, a really, really, really good starting conversation for me to have with my kids after reading that and, and sharing that story with them so that they understand that, you know, you've got to be proud of everything that you are. Um, and because the world, I mean, Vancouver is a better place. Canada's a better place because we have so much mixed culture. Um, but, you know, that second generation, sometimes they find it challenging to, to, to find that, obviously. And, um, you know, we're, we're, either way, I, I just want to thank you for writing that. It was a beautiful article. It, it was so, it touched, it touched me so deeply. I mean, you can, I mean, here you go. You can see that. That's my Unjung. That's my wife, uh, Sheila, my daughter and my son all in Hangul. So, you know, that I'm, I'm, I'm all in on the Korean. Yeah, no. <laughs> you're you're you probably know more about Korean culture than I do. Uh, but uh, yeah, I, I, I'm looking forward to the day that I, I get to travel to Korea. I've never been. And, uh, you know, that's another journey that I'm going to be able to oh. untap uh, through uh, Korean culture. So, um, oh, I hope yeah, I get to go really, with you. OK, I hope I get oh. to go. Like we have to do some conference. I'll go with you. I can, we be, have to, I can yes. be your bad translator. It would be awesome fun. <laughs> it would be awesome fun. I promise you. I promise you. Um, well, you know, there's one thing that I, I kind of want to talk because I think this would have been so much fun um, is because you were you were a hockey player growing up. I mean, it's hard, you know, and where you grew up not to be a hockey player, I assume that's just part of part of what it is. But I saw on your LinkedIn that you um, were the VIP coordinator at Molson Canadian Hockey House during the 2010 Olympics. Tell me about that. Did you meet anyone like any uh, any of the, the, the cool <laughs> hockey players or anything like that that you were looking up to? Like, just share that experience with me because it can't be more Canadian than that. So I, I will say this: uh, the best, probably the best time in Vancouver was during that 2010. Heck yeah! Uh, Winter Olympics. <laughs> Heck yeah! It was probably the one of the most special times of my life, to be honest. Mm -hmm. And I was I was lucky. Um, I, I was going to film school actually, and um, it, it was kind of a, an unconventional uh, program. It was called entertainment business management where uh, you were doing music classes, you were doing film classes, and then I had a sports class. And um, the teacher there um, was like, 
yeah, get out there and, um, you know, look at uh, volunteer experiences or try to find um, like these sort of gig experiences. And uh, he actually was, he connected me to uh, the folks that were running, uh, running the Molson Canadian Hockey House. And it was actually a paid position. I was like, whoa, I'm definitely in. <laughs> one, it, it, one is paid and two is, is all around uh, hockey during the Olympics. Mm -hmm. And yeah. uh, basically my role there was to uh, be a sort of a VIP host uh, for all the hockey legends and all the different hockey teams that were uh, coming in. And then, you know, through that, um, as I was kind of like this hot, hot spot during the Olympics, uh, I would get to meet uh, gold medalists and um, these celebrities. And I was just like, wow, this is quite the experience. Awesome. But, um, you know, that really kind of, you know, being a part of events and, and really helping uh, bring people together, I realized like at that time was uh, something that really gave me energy. And uh, oh. that was a really, really special time. And um, yeah, I only look back uh, during the Olympics with uh, really, really warm, uh, warm uh, memories. Awesome. So that's a, that's a catalyst moment, man. That's, 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 that's so, so cool. And I, 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 yeah, I lived, I lived in Yale town during the Olympics and, you know, it got, oh, yeah. it got, it got to the point that, you know, the, the, they'd have the fireworks almost every night out, you know, just right in, out my window. And it was like, I got so jaded by the, the you know, day nine. I'm like, I'm not even looking outside anymore, but it, you're right. It was, <laughs> it was so much fun. I mean, I wish my kids were a little bit older so they could have really understood it. And I'm hoping, you know, I'm, I'm actually all pro. I mean, we've got all the facilities. We didn't knock them down like everyone else seems to, or, or left, leave them in cobwebs. I'm all for, let's do this. Let's have this party again. So people understand not only how special a place Vancouver could be, you know, to show case to the world but also how much fun these events are and the parties that come with it so uh 2030 um, 2030 are you going to be back at the hockey house <laughs> the Muslim Canadian hockey house that time maybe maybe it's uh it's, like it's, this uh, technology doesn't take off uh, i might have to look at else uh, or at other uh other uh realms <laughs> oh come on we'll all be watching it with our google or our, our google glasses our, our our apple glasses at that point experiencing yeah. it deeper than we ever had before um well well dan you know again the theme of of afternoon's tea is to talk to wonderful entrepreneurs like yourself to prepare that next generation of, of startups so uh, i have these two questions i always uh, blah blah with and i'm going to hit them with you uh if you please. So the first is, can you share one piece of advice to help a younger Canadian founder? Yeah, I think uh, uh, for me, it's really about uh, trying things, going and doing things, uh, just mm -hmm. do it. Um, during COVID, it's kind of shown us that, uh, you know, anything can happen in our world. And, mm -hmm. um, you know, it's really about, uh, you know, taking advantage of what we have today and being grateful uh for what you have and mm -hmm. and um also just going out and trying it um do the thing that has always been um on your mind and something that you've always wanted to do because you never know uh what's going to happen in the future uh mm -hmm. you might get a job you might uh, end up working there for multiple years or you know you might get married and like you know they're there's certain things that happen in life that can, uh, you know, take you off course and, uh, you never want to live in a world of regrets. So, uh, I would say just try it. Even if, uh, even if you don't have all the pieces ready yet, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, let's go out and do it. <laughs> so go that, and that's do my, it. 
That's no, my uh, number one uh, piece of advice. Yes, I, I think that's awesome. I mean, how do you know you're you're either don't like it or do love it or you know maybe yeah. you're not perfect at it, but you have enough of a spark until you go try something. So I, yeah. I, I think that's great. And if you fail, uh, that's a learning lesson, a powerful learning lesson that you you can take back uh, and uh, with, with whatever you do next. Right. So yeah. it's about failing fast, right? Fail, fail fast and find that flavor that really, you know, sparks your joy. So, um, man, throwing a lot of those, uh, blah, blah, like that around, but, um, top question here, top question on the board, if you will, uh, can you share the name of a Canadian entrepreneurial star or founder that you personally look up to? <laughs> that's a good, that's a really good question. Mm -hmm. Um, I, I, yeah, I think um, there's a lot of really great uh, founders, a lot of great um, leaders in Canada. Mm -hmm. um, you know, like uh, Toby, for example, is, mm -hmm. a, is a great one. Um, everyone knows who, who he is, and he's really set the standard of how to build uh, Canadian companies. Mm -hmm. I love the, um, I love the Canadian entrepreneurs that push the boundaries and go against the status quo. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, Canadians were so polite and, and we kind of have this, uh, you know, uh, this friendly kind of demeanor about us, but I love the ones that, um, you know, want to push against, um, you know, the traditional ways of doing things. And, uh, there's, there's some great folks out there that are really kind of pushing those boundaries. And I love, uh, I, I look up to, uh, a Vancouver entrepreneur, uh, Roham, uh, from, I can't say his last name, but from Dapper Rath. <laughs> G something long. Yes. Yeah, I understand. Exactly. <laughs> like what he's been able to do, um, you know, creating Dapper Labs and actually creating an industry mm -hmm. is very compelling. And, um, I, I actually think that they're just in kind of the beginning of where they're going to, go uh, with this uh, technology and they're going to lead the way. So I, I definitely look at him as, as one that I, I definitely look up to. Mm -hmm. um, and um, yeah, there's a bunch of other great, um, great entrepreneurs. That's a really difficult question to answer, but. And, and you know, a lot of them, a lot of them are in your collective, which is, which is, which is another <laughs> beautiful thing I got to say. Yeah. I mean, um, like, yeah, you, you, you get like, the people who are passionate, the people who are very community oriented, like, uh, you know, Ray Walia, for example, He's awesome. um, just the many years of the blood, sweat and tears to try to help uh, entrepreneurs and startups and mm -hmm. putting entrepreneurs and startups first. Uh, so I, I respect those types of people because, you know, I kind of like that too. I, I, I tend to put people before myself and, uh, I think it's just like something within yourself, uh, within community of like bringing people together and just trying to change things is, um, is something that, uh, that I, I'm really passionate about. And I, awesome. I really tend to connect with those types of people. Sure. Well, that's awesome. I mean, I'm, I'm definitely team, team Ray. Uh, if, if, if there was a team, I don't think there's anyone going against Ray. So, you know, I think we're all team Ray, but I did notice, I mean, I've been, I've been very jealously following his, you know, trips through Europe right now, which, uh, you know, I'm not <laughs> sure he's back or not yet, but I did see that you, you were with him in, uh, uh, where was it? Ser not Serbia and, uh, Croatia. You were in Croatia. I love Croatia. Yeah. Croatia's awesome. Um, but you just happened to uh, enjoy uh, where you split or, uh, Dubrovnik with him? 
Split, yeah. So uh, one of my friends uh, puts on Split X Conference and uh, they brought together a bunch of leaders in the Web3 and Metaverse space. And what an incredible conference. It was, uh, you know, 50, you know, awesome people that are trying to change the, the future of this technology. And it was really about conversations, not about selling your product or anything like that. It's just about uh, meaningful connections and uh, awesome. What better, what better place than uh, Split, where you can uh, actually have sessions in these seventeen hundred year old uh, palaces, or yeah. uh, you know, on a mountaintop. It, it was, it was pretty incredible. It's def- it definitely beats the setting of uh, San Jose uh, Convention Center. <laughs> I can definitely dig that. I can definitely dig that. Well, well, Dan, you know, thank you, thank you for joining uh, me you, today. Chris. Thank you for for everything that you do to make Vancouver a better place and, you know, really, really centralize that technology, that vision, that, that, you know, that, that the passion for what you do to make, to make people maybe get a spark themselves and, uh, you know, grow the industry. So I, I salute you. I applaud you. And I can't wait to see you in Toronto uh, during collision, if not sooner, hopefully sooner. Um, and to hear all the great stuff that you have to share. Uh, so thank you for that. Thank you, Chris. Uh, and, um, you know, I'll flip it back to you. Thank you for all the, the work that you're doing in, in the community and helping grow the pie as well. And, you know, bringing people together. It's it's uh, something that I've uh, noticed within you and, uh, you know, everything that you're doing at uh, TTT. You guys are you guys are killing it and you guys are showing that Vancouver can be a leader. So, um, yeah, I really appreciate uh, these conversations and I'm definitely a big fan of uh, all the work that you're doing. Oh, you make you make me blush because this is so much fun. <laughs> yeah, we'll see you soon. Ahoy, afternoon tea listeners. If you got this far, I assume you like this episode and that is awesome. Thank you. In such a case, please rate and review Afternoon Tea Podcast and subscribe on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your feeds from. Afternoon Tea is a podcast with a goal to share the stories of Canada's successful tech entrepreneurs in order to prepare the next wave of founders. We do have some great guests lined up for future episodes, but we would love to hear your thoughts too. Please do let us know who you think should be on the show. You can do so by emailing me at podcast at ttt.studio. That is P-O-D-C-A-S-T at T-T-T, that is three T's, dot studio. You will notice there is no dot com because we are that sophisticated. Furthermore, you can find us at social media at T-T-T underscore studios. I look forward to chatting with you soon.